0: Perfect. So hello, everyone. I am so excited to dive into today's conversation about travel and representation and what all of this means with our fantastic speaker. And so first, I just want to say welcome to everyone and thank you so much for joining. Please let us know where you're joining from uh, in the chat and just to go over some quick housekeeping rules today you know we really want you to be a larger part of this conversation i'm really just here to moderate it and make sure everything goes over smoothly so with that you know please turn on your cameras or don't however you feel comfortable um and come off of mute if you do feel comfortable i do just want to let you know that if you do come off mute and turn on your cameras you will show up in the live recording just for any privacy concerns This is being recorded. So no need to take a bunch of notes right now. We will send an email afterwards with uh, the link to the rewatch. And again, please feel free to write in the chat. And if you have any questions you can write that you want to remain anonymous, you can write to me privately and I will go ahead and ask today's speaker. And then lastly, keep it with us on social. We're at Power Fly on all social handles minus TikTok for now. Um, And definitely subscribe to our YouTube channel where we are live streaming all of these conversations. And so with that, really excited to dive in with today's speaker, Jeanette Secha. Jeanette Secha is an award-winning bilingual travel journalist, TV host, travel advisor, and global public speaker. She aims to assist and represent every traveler with a special emphasis on women, minorities, youth, and travelers with disabilities. And so, Jeanette, please tell us, you know, anything that we didn't cover in here and why this important this topic is so important to you.
1: Thank you, Nicole. And thank you, everyone. Um, It's really such an honor to be here. I'm so happy that we all connected. And thank you to all the amazing attendees. A little bit more about myself. I mean, for me, why I dedicate my life, both personally and professionally towards, you know, diversity, inclusion and equity and travel goes back to my childhood, really. Um, As a young girl, you know, I'm first generation Mexican American. I grew up with, you know, my parents here in California, but we'd go to Mexico, two languages, two cultures. Um, And so I kind of had that perspective growing up. However, uh, you know, learning about the world through different mediums like television or magazines or books, you know, I was constantly not seeing myself represented many times, either from a woman, uh, as a young lady, um, and our diversity as a Latina. So, as a young girl, I kind of, I kind of felt my calling towards um, this movement, uh, not just a trend. I really feel that this is a movement, just towards equality. Um, for everyone, including myself. So it goes back a long, a long time for me. And, uh, you know, I'm in my mid thirties now and uh, I'm more excited and empowered because I'm seeing a lot of progress in travel and tourism specifically uh, within the past couple of years, so.
0: I am so excited that you shared more of your story regarding that and especially when it comes to these cultural differences and what that means when it comes to the travel industry right so thank you so much for being here. Um, And so today, the, you know, principal themes that we're going to dive into with the pre submitted questions are the important role that women contribute to the travel industry. and how we can further build more inclusive, diverse travel moments. Um, and so with that, I'm gonna stop sharing the screen so we can make this an intimate conversation and dive into some of these pre-submitted questions that we have. And of course, if you have any questions while we're you know, talking, please feel free to again, come off of mute or drop those in the chat. But until that time comes, um, let's dive into this first question, Jeanette. Do you believe the travel industry is equitable?
1: I mean, absolutely. It's always has been, and it always will be. I mean, right now in real time, the travel and tourism industry, just like every industry in the world, is going through a really uncertain time because uh, we are still in the global pandemic. Um, so where we are right now, um, it's it's kind of been uncertain. However, I think the silver lining. I've always tried to. I'm a trained optimist. I always try to see the silver lining in any situation. I feel. As a lot of us have been working from home remotely, uh, we're not going into offices or if we're entrepreneurs, uh, we're working from home more. I feel like the silver lining is a lot more women especially are able to, you know, like my sister-in-law work from home. She's a, a, you know, she just had a newborn. You can create online businesses. You can do a lot remote. Um, from your home than maybe going out physically. So a lot of virtual conferences. I know a lot of women who have uh, written eBooks, doing webinars, courses, virtual tours. So a lot of local tour guides are doing virtual tours. I mean, right now, during the pandemic, a lot of people have been thinking outside of the box, right? So if we can't physically travel, how can we bring the world to us? And I did that as well, because last March was my first international trip to Egypt. I, I spoke at the Women Economic Forum, specifically about diversity and culture. And uh, when I came back, is when the pandemic kind of, you know, just really happened. And I didn't I was trying to process it all. Um, but what I did in during the summertime last year was I um, asked an Egyptologist to give me and my audience and anybody who wanted to join us a tour, uh, you know, a virtual tour, and he's a tour guide. So tell us about Egypt, even if we can't go, we can still learn about it, we can still meet people. Um, so during this time, you can be equitable. It's just thinking outside of the box, and maybe finding different avenues. Also passive income. For example, if you write an ebook, you know, you can sell that on your website or your company organization. Um, there's just different ways that you can, uh, look for silver linings during
0: these difficult times. Definitely. And I feel like, you know, obviously traveling is expensive, right? And there's ways to do it cheaper, of course, but a lot of times the biggest, Ticket item can be the plane ticket, for example, right? Because I know, for example, flying between Argentina and and the U.S. can run you anywhere up to like $1,100, right? Minus, obviously, like lodging, eating, all of that good stuff. Um, And so I would love to get your thoughts as well about what travel looks like when it comes to financing post-pandemic, right? Because obviously this is a pretty battered industry, due to the pandemic and due to the limits placed around traveling?
1: Right, well, I think travel, I've always said this, I feel like travel is a mindset. So travel can be anywhere from the moment you walk outside your front door, in my opinion, you're a traveler. So the moment you walk outside, even if you go, you take the same route to work, maybe try a different route, you know, or go to your local national park or go to, you know, explore your own neighborhood. I think that's what a lot of people have been doing during this um, pandemic, myself included. Um, So really, when you think of travel, a lot of people put a lot of blockages, pre-pandemic also, I don't have time to travel, I don't have money to travel, I don't have, I don't have. However, you can see probably within your city a three-hour radius of a drive where maybe you can do a road trip or a staycation right so my brother and his wife live in Pasadena and last weekend for Easter I did a staycation at a hotel close by to them so um, I kind of made it away as a little getaway so there's there's lots of different ways that you can travel uh, if you're on a budget or if you don't have a lot of time for example if you have a family and you only have the weekend you can go with you can go to a a city close by. I always recommend for like Angelinos, for example, uh, you know, Santa Barbara, there's Temecula, um, you know, Palm Springs, maybe go for the day or go for one night. We have Joshua Tree, National Park. Um, So there's a lot of different options. So again, I think it's just thinking outside of the box. Uh, And also even if you wanna travel internationally right now, like a lot of Americans, we're limited to the amount of countries we can actually visit at this time. And that is fluid. So that's ever changing. Um, so right now I always say, you know, why not travel within your own state or domestically until the waters clear more internationally?
0: A hundred percent. And and I love this idea of changing your mindset about travel, right? Because I, I know personally living in a city, I get pretty excited if I go out of my normal routine and get to see some new areas where I can maybe find a new restaurant, right? That has maybe a different type of food than I'm used to. Um, but this is so important to talk about because, there's so much beauty where we live as well, right? Sometimes I think w- there's this fantasy of like traveling abroad and not that, that shouldn't be a fantasy because there's so much beauty globally, but there's so many, there's also so many beautiful things like you're mentioning domestically wherever you are in the world, you know? And um, I I love that idea. Okay, thank you so much for bringing that up. I think,
1: And I also wanted to mention that if you look at the local hotels in your city as well, a lot of hotels are doing staycation deals, so look into hotels in your city or or cities close to you. Um, for example, Pasadena was doing a staycation special, so you know they want you to to travel safely domestically, um, but you also help the local economy, you help the hotel, you help, and you get to travel and maybe you save some money as well. So it can be a win-win for everybody.
0: I love that. I don't think my partner will love the idea of me doing a, you know, week-long staycation with a two-year-old, but I do love that idea personally. So I may have to look into that a little bit more. Perfect. Um, So Jeanette, how would you describe the role the women that that women play in the travel industry?
1: Women play a, a huge role, right? In every industry, but also a travel and tourism industry. I mean, whether they're women working in organizations and hotels in aviation. Later today, I'm interviewing a woman pilot in Mexico. Um, She's the pilot for, she was, uh, you know, aviation specialist and so badass. I think it's so amazing. and so there's women in every industry and every part of tourism and travel, from hotel, aviation, cruises, uh, uh, you know, small business owners. You know, I've interviewed many, I've interviewed many women, uh, small business owners. Um, so to beending where you know, the women want to work and how they want to work remotely, you know, office, profit, nonprofit. Um, There's many opportunities for women out there. And I I always feel like there, there should be, you know, more women in leadership roles as well. Um, I think, you know, just recognizing from my own experience, past 10 years, um, meeting, um, going to meetings and travel conferences, and speaking, on travel panels, um, there's still a lot of outdated beliefs about women um, who either work in the travel industry and want to work, or I want to travel, I'm sorry. And so some of those questions that I personally got asked were, uh, of course, by men, but it was like, the question was, you know, so what are you going to choose a career in travel or family? And it really like took me aback because I was like, you know, of course, this is only one person's opinion and question. However, I never thought that I would have to choose, you know, between having a family one day and a career in travel or tourism. Uh, And so I really did not know how to respond. Um, But my, my answer would be to any woman or young girl who wants to work in any facet of the travel and tourism industry, that it's up to you. And there is no wrong or right choice. It's an individual choice. So whatever you want, and however you want, you know, to pursue your career and personal life, that's completely okay. And it's, you know, up to you. Um, I think that we, there's so many outdated beliefs, um, about women in general, and especially women who want to travel or work and travel that want to fit you in this box or have you in this time frame. that I think it's, you know, as you can see, you know, women are breaking lots of glass ceilings and it's time for just you know, men to to understand that you know we're very versatile and and you know we have a lot to contribute, and women have a lot of strengths and a lot to contribute, um, and yeah, I just think it's time. It's 2021, everyone. It's time to break a lot of these outdated beliefs uh, about women, especially
0: in travel and tourism. Definitely. And sometimes it's incredible that we're still having these conversations, right? In 2021, like it feels like things should be so much more advanced, but you know, here we are still celebrating like the first woman pilot. I mean, not exactly that, but there was something I saw on LinkedIn the other day, um, which I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's incredible that we're still coming to these, you know, putting people in these boxes, especially, you know, especially this idea of like having to choose between travel and family. I, I think it, I'm in a few different Facebook groups that are focused on family and travel and it's incredible how things have changed, right? Or maybe not even how they've changed, but how things have become more visible. And so this leads me to my next question, Jeanette. In your time working in the travel industry um, and the changes that you've seen happened, what have you seen progress? from when you first started to now?
1: Well, for sure. Um, for example, I'll say aviation and aerospace, uh, women astronauts that are that are coming from every country, which is amazing, uh, women pilots, uh, the number of women and, and young students who want to study aviation is increasing. Um, I think that a lot more organizations that are women based and women led are also being created and there's so many there's women in aviation there's uh, women take lead there's empowering a billion women Um, and also from the diversity standpoint there's many organizations that are really advocating for more diversity inclusion and equity in travel and tourism Um, so I feel like it's a movement I feel like it was stagnant for a few years and I feel like as of last year during the pandemic, a lot of us, myself included, have had time to reflect and have introspection about, you know, what are we doing with our, what am I doing with my life? What would, what do I want to dedicate my time? Um, Is this direct, the direction I want to go towards? And just a lot of things that, um, you know, I personally have had to reflect on. And um, I feel on a global scale, uh, we can use this opportunity um, to progress and to unite and to really, I just want, I just want a time for my future children and your future children and other generations where we won't have to be knocking at the door and asking for equal pay, equal this, like it will be the norm, you know, um, it will just be, yes, this is every
0: day. Um, so I really am hopeful for that, for that day. I couldn't agree more, especially when you see the pay gaps, right, between white women and then white men, but then as it goes farther down the line, black women, Latina women, and how far we have left to progress, right? And so how did you make room for yourself as a woman inside the travel industry and what challenges have you faced making room for yourself?
1: Such a great question. Again, for me personally, it goes back to my childhood when I really didn't see myself represented. So um, as a teenager, I remember I saw a I used to subscribe to Cosmo Girl. So it was like the teenage version of Cosmopolitan, because I wasn't able to subscribe to Cosmopolitan yet. Um, And I remember I received uh, an issue that had JLo on the cover, Jennifer Lopez. And I was so happy to see a Latina on a cover being celebrated that that at 14 years old, I wrote to Cosmo Girl. And I said, thank you so much. And I didn't had zero expectations. You know, I just wanted to thank them. And then the next issue, uh, they actually published it in, in the next magazine, you know, with the editor's comments or that section. And I was, like, wow, I'm being heard. And, and, you know, people like, wow. So I recognize the, that our voice always does matter and um, from a young age. And so the way I made room for myself was just putting myself in spaces uh, from uh, high school to college. I did a study abroad internship in Italy. Um, I did several TV internships. Um, And I also applied for scholarships. So I applied for um, the Chips Quinn Scholars, which was a program for um, diverse uh, students of color who wanted to pursue a degree in uh, in journalism. And so I really looked for opportunities. I also found mentors. So I found mentors um, both in high school and college. I always told them that I really looked up to women like Oprah, who were women who used communications um, to you know, make this world a better place, essentially. Um, so mentors, scholarships, study abroad, um, just putting myself in those spaces. And then I would attend every travel conference that I could from the Los Angeles Times Travel Show when they used to have it uh, to the New York Times Travel Show. And this is from the past decade or so. Like I would buy my own um, conference entrance ticket. I would take the time to go to certain, you know, sessions or discussions. And I literally started from from the bottom. I didn't know anyone. And I really came with the intention to learn and to grow. And I physically put myself in those spaces and networked and met people. And and really over the past decade, that's what I've been doing uh, to put myself in that space, to make room for myself in that space and then from there i kept in contact with uh, you know many amazing people but i still saw i still saw the lack of women and diversity from the past decade so i would always say you know why don't we do something about like latinos or hispanics and you know i would just sometimes not hear anything back or sometimes yeah maybe later but um yeah it's always been in me to to do
0: more as a a woman in this space. I love this and thank you so much for sharing. And I I wanna ask you as well about your background, you know, you're bilingual um, and you have this Mexican, US background and, you know, within the US, Spanish speakers make up a very large population. And then you look at the Latin American region of people. And then, I mean, of course, countries in Europe where they speak Spanish. But I wanna ask you how that's influenced your journey and how that may have played a role in any of the challenges that you faced uh, growing in your career.
1: Such a great question, Nicole. Um, I really embrace you know, being bilingual, having my Mexican background. Um, growing up in a bilingual household where my mother spoke Spanish, my father English to me. But um, I I see that, you know, it's an asset being able to further communicate with the public or with people. Um, And so in the U.S the Hispanic and Latinos population is about 18 to 20% per the last census bureau um, statistics. And so there are a lot more studies being done, um, but pretty soon Latinos and Hispanics will you know, become a larger demographic. And what I always like to tell people is I'm only one voice in this giant demographic and community, but I hope to be a strong voice where the community the travel community and beyond can recognize that also Latinos and Hispanics are very diverse as well, you know we're not monolith we're very diverse. Um, So get to get to know us more, but outside of the US about 20 countries Spanish is the late native language so knowing Spanish and be able to for other organizations, you know, like Power to Fly, like media organizations, like any organization, if you can do more outreach in, in different languages, that's more, that's way, you know, better because you're more inclusive and you're able to reach more people. Um, so in all, all the work that I do from writing to speaking to hosting, ex- even my podcast, for example, I do bilingual, I, I want to do as much as I can in Spanish and English, and I'm, I'm learning currently French right now. So I'm trying to be trilingual. Again, I want to put myself, you know, keep making, you know, I'm always making myself uncomfortable, but that's how we grow, right? That's how we grow. Um, so a couple of weeks ago, I was on a, a panel that was in Paris, and it was a French panel. And I was the only one who wasn't, you know, French, on that panel and I really had to use what I learned for the past six months and I was so uncomfortable. But again, I really embrace that. That's how I learn and and, um, yeah, that's what I think is
0: exciting. So exciting. And I think there's two really good points there, right? I mean, definitely being uncomfortable is the only way to grow. I mean, I can speak firsthand to that as I'm sure tons of people on the line can because I think when you begin to travel, especially when you travel to a place that isn't your native language, it can feel very uncomfortable, right? Because maybe you don't know how to communicate and you don't know how to get around and it can feel really scary, especially maybe if you have to take public transportation or get to places. And uh, I know I, I definitely felt those feelings. But what a great time to grow, right? What a great time to learn about other cultures, um, learn how to communicate in a way that maybe doesn't require that, that language. Um, and I and I think that that's such an important la- learning for so many people. And this is what's so beautiful about traveling, right? Being able to dive into these other things and even within your own country, wherever you are, you know, whether it's traveling in Argentina for me or traveling within the U.S. I think this is so important and it really helps to push this diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging idea that we're really trying to move now. Right. Because when you feel like the outsider, because you don't speak the language, because maybe you don't look like other people, it really forces you to think about the experiences that you've had, or maybe people around you have had. And I think it also sort of forces you into this place of advocacy, which leads me to the next question. You know, how can we advocate for other women inside of our workplace and how can we create more room for women in the travel industry?
1: Yeah, Nicole, that's such a great question. Um, How can we advocate by using our voices um, as as women, as individuals, as a community, um, really just. You know, if you have an idea, speaking about it, if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner, you know, going for that business or more opportunities. I would say also, um, if you're in an organization, you know, finding, you know, Talks about negotiating, you know, negotiating more up your pay raise. Um, also, uh, hiring, maybe hiring more, or advocating for more hiring of more women, uh, more diversity within your organization. Um, also, at what I I have feel is helped me throughout my whole career in life is mentors. So I have mentors um, in public speaking. I have a mentor who helps me with the skill set of public speaking, and then I have a mentor who helps me with the business side of public speaking because it's they're both important. But I think that. Um, I didn't really understand the world of public speaking until five years ago when I started giving speeches, uh, but my mentors helped me. And sometimes mentors, especially my mentors, they always see the potential in you and they're gonna push you to do more, to be more. So whenever I would accept something, they would say, no, Jeanette, you're, you're offering way too low or you're, way, you're worth way much more than that. So I think mentors will always have your back and, and offer you guidance as well as, you know, being, um, I, have mentees now that are college students that kind of want to go in a direction of of media or communications. And so I have monthly meetings with them. So mentors, scholarships, trainings, are there trainings available in your organization, in your business, or can you attend some that there's lots of trainings right now for uh, women and diversity that I see almost weekly Um, and having conversations like this, that Power to Fly is hosting, which I'm so grateful that you guys are doing this, um, having these conversations that uh, are necessary for more progress.
0: Totally, totally. Um, And I want to shout out uh, to everyone on the line. If you have any questions or, you know, you want to come off mute, please feel free to do so at any time. I want to make sure that everyone's able to participate in this conversation. But Jeanette, I would love for you to talk a little bit about how you found your mentors um, and talk about that relationship a little bit more.
1: Sure. So I have, um, I've had like four or five mentors uh, to date. Uh, One I found in college. So if there's any students out there, I would definitely say, you know, your professors can be a mentor. um, Or if you're doing internships, which I, you know, I highly advocate for internships for college students, to find somebody who's doing what you want to do and ask them, you know, maybe in, you know, these uncertain times, you can do virtual coffee chats. I've literally had virtual coffee chats where we both buy coffee and we're chatting like if we were out, right? Um, So I think, again, thinking outside of the box, regardless of what's happening right now, still looking for the silver lining, the opportunity, Um, Who is somebody out there that is doing what you want to do and how can they help you grow and learn and tell you, you know, I wouldn't do this, I would do that, their wisdom, right, from their years of expertise. So internships in, in your organization, if there's somebody at a high level leadership position role that you want to, you know, someday get to ask them, you know, would you be able to have virtual coffee or would you be able to be my mentor? I mean, the worst that anyone can say is no. Um, but if you don't ask, you will never know. So I would say, you know, again, putting yourself out there, getting out of your comfort zone, because a lot of the opportunities and experiences that. I've had were because I put myself out there and I was really uncomfortable but I wasn't afraid to fail because I knew if the worst would happen would they would say no but I didn't take it personal you know I would always say you know there's a famous saying I don't remember if it was Oprah or who says it but there's like rejection is just redirection. I mean, that's a famous saying. I don't remember who said it, but someone said it. And so I think when you realize that not to take anything personally, I mean, people are busy, there's a million things going on. Um, but if you take the time to ask, and they see that you're committed and you're serious, usually you'll at least get a response right? So I would say just try and ask. Um, You know, one of my mentors who put me on my first red carpet uh, five or six years ago, he was working on the TV show Extra TV at the time. And I I had just moved back from Australia. I literally was starting all over again after living in Australia for uh, six months already. I had a contract job out there. Um, Anyways, I moved back. And I saw them setting up the TV show and I stayed and watched it when it was at the Grove. And afterwards I said, hmm, I wonder if they're hiring. And this was like six or seven years ago. So I went up to the first person I saw and I said, hi, I'm Jeanette. I just moved back from Australia. You know, I've experience in TV and this and that. Are you hiring? And he, he was like, uh, I don't know, talk to that guy. And so he pointed to the guy with the headset telling people what to do. And his name was Reginald. And I went up to him and I said the same thing, an elevator pitch. An elevator pitch is 30 seconds to basically pitch yourself or pitch, you know, your business or something that you're passionate about. So I had my elevator pitch. Hi, my name is Jeanette. I just moved back from Australia. I have this and this experience. Uh, Are you hiring? And so uh, he really appreciated the fact that I just pulled myself out there, had no shame. And he was like, I don't know, but... The whole crew for the TV show are, we are having lunch at the Cheesecake Factory in about an hour. Would you like to join us all there? We could all talk about it there. Again, another opportunity, which I wasn't expecting. If I was afraid and scared, I would have said, no, no. I said, sure, absolutely. Cause it was with a big group of people. Um, And so again, putting myself out there and kind of was really uncomfortable, but from that, he became my mentor, put me on my first red carpet and an award show in Los Angeles. And he, you know, up until, you know, he passed away two years ago from a heart attack, but up until that moment, he pushed me and pushed me and pushed me Jeanette you got to do more. You're, you're worth more, way more than this. You got this, you know, and that's what a good mentor will do. Good mentor will, you know, advocate for you, push you to do more. So, um, I highly recommend you to get a mentor in any
0: industry that you, that you have or that you want to pursue. I love this. And I see that, um, Karen, you have raised your hand. So happy, please feel free to come off of mute. Hi, Karen. Hi, I'm so glad I made it. And I always
2: love to hear Jeanette speak. It's so inspirational and I learned so much. Um, I, I wanted to jump in and what you were saying about putting yourself out there and finding a mentor. If you don't open up, you're never gonna reach anything, but it's just not easy. And I, I, I know how hard it is. And even, even pressing that unmute button and pressing that raise hand button, you're putting yourself out there and my heart starts beating a little bit faster, right? So walking up to somebody out of nowhere and say, hey, this is my elevator speech and are you hiring? You make it sound so beautiful and so easy, but it's, it's a big move. But that's what you said also, Nicole. It's pushing that boundary, putting yourself in that uncomfortable situation. If you don't put yourself there, you never grow. So if, you, you know, if you're looking for a mentor, if you're looking for opportunities, need you need that racing heart to get you to take that step and put yourself out there um the other thing i wanted to speak on quickly was you talked about you know being latina and how there's such a wide world of it um i'm nicaraguan you have you're mexican and in, in certain circles we're the same when when there's a lot more of the opposite then that makes us the same but as soon as we get to closer circles where there is a lot more latinas then our differences shine, right? But it, it takes acknowledging those levels of how we stand up for ourselves and our, our kind, You know, whether it be women or whether it be Latin or LGBTQ, we need to support the bigger one if there's a lot more adversity against us. And as the circles become more accepting, then we can stand up for more of our individualities and I like the way you stated that as well, that there are so many differences amongst us, but first we have to acknowledge our similarities in order to get that step ahead, right? But, and thanks.
1: Yeah, Karen, I love that. Thank you so much for being with us and for sharing your amazing voice. And, and Karen is a gem in, in the travel and tourism industry and just as a woman, so I'm really honored to have you here. So thank you. I will say speaking up and doing things to me, even myself, I consider myself an extroverted person, very outgoing. I do get nervous too. I do get, you know, butterflies and stuff, but it, it's the opportunity where I say, okay, you know, am I going to stay comfortable or am I going to get out there And you know, what am I gonna do? So there's also the fear of failure and the fear of success. And I used I never had the fear of failure because I've failed many times. I the way I look at failure is failure doesn't it's not personal, it doesn't mean I'm not enough, I'm not worthy. It just means it's not the right time, not the opportunity. When I changed the way I looked at failure, I wasn't really afraid to fail. But when I was successful and people would say yes, or people would take the time to talk to me or listen to me, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm nervous because people like are listening and they're watching and I'm not, I'm not used to this. And and you know, like the opportunity with with the Cheesecake Factory with the whole crew at Extra TV. I put myself out there. I really had no expectations, right? But from that and and you know, being vulnerable and and what he saw in me was like, wow, she's like she's she's just pulling her. She has no shame. She's like, "I'm here." And he's like, "Yeah, she's she's got something in her. Let's let's talk more." Right? So Karen, it's like, it's totally common. Like I as well have felt nervous and uncomfortable, even doing things like Instagram lives, which I was not really used to just being vulnerable and vulnerability is a beautiful thing because it connects us as humans, as women. And really, like you were saying, Karen, celebrating our similarities, right? That is a beautiful thing. So thank you.
0: (laughs) I love it. And I mean, I know that you wanted to speak, so I want to hand the mic over to you as well. Yeah, well,
3: um, Jeanette, it's a pleasure. Uh, And you're really touching on a lot of points that, you know, are definitely, um, I can relate to. I've been in this industry for 35 years. Um, I basically was born into it because my family was in the tourism industry. So I really didn't, you know, I just kind of rode the wave. but I can't imagine doing anything else. It's, it's who, part of who I am. <clears throat> and like you, never had a problem speaking to anybody. I can stay, I'm a tour director currently. Um, and I, I look at the past year, and like you said, this past year, as horrible as it was, um, it, it also, for a lot of people such as myself, gave me the time that I never had to stop and pause and think okay where do I want to go from here and I had a few ways to go you know I could just sit and wait until tours start again and and get booked on a few tours every year and but there's always something in me that says I'm waiting for something I don't know what it is but I feel like I'm waiting for something and taking that and having the courage to say you know what I'm just gonna do what i feel like doing and just whatever happens happens you know so after a year i finally started a facebook group three weeks ago um you know and uh i published a tour that i'm gonna be leading to travel professionals which looks like it's gonna go to israel and jordan which is what I know really well. these are destinations. you know I don't feel nowadays that <clears throat> there's an issue with women in the travel agency so in the travel industry so much. If you look around, there are a lot of women uh, in every aspect of um, travel and tourism. However, diversity is a completely different subject. Um, and I totally agree. That this is a a very uncomfortable subject for anybody who is in any, you know, any who has any ability to make change, they will start to move on the chair a little bit and kind of like, you know, we don't know how to do this. So I've also joined one of those organizations, even though I'm not black or brown but to me that has no color. Diversity has no color. Uh, Diversity is all of us. And so um, we all should want to be included in everything, right? Um, So we all need to work towards that. And I feel that really this is our issue in the travel and tourism industry. Um, The diversity, the inclusion, And being open to doing things differently and to offer opportunities in different ways, whether it's mentors or, um, you know, more, even look at, you know, high school and college classes, you know, um, even in, in smaller schools, they're not really that available you know, um, tour guides, uh, tour directors, uh, travel agencies, you don't really see a lot of that diversity. So I feel that this is really a huge um, subject that really needs to be dealt with on a a much more urgent urgent manner.
1: I agree. Thank you, Amit. That was beautifully said. And I think as an individual, you know, we can see, we can use our voice and we say, okay, what can I do as an individual? How can I, you know, make an impact or what can I do? Um, and as individuals and then together collectively as a travel community, as travel business owners, travel tour guides, you know, what can we do on a bigger scale? So for me, for example, uh, I have mentees. And the the mentees have come to me who have heard me speak at their colleges or universities, and they say, you know, I want to do something similar or like you. What can I do? And so it's really me as an individual saying, okay, how can I give back to the youth and students? I'm going to dedicate one to two hours every week to mentor, you know, virtually. Or to connect with an internship or do something you know, as an individual, but as a community, as a collective, you know, how can I speak to CEOs and, and top leadership decision makers to tell them the importance of diversity of women and you know, what we contribute and the lack of. And so really, you know, using my voice as an individual and as a community to make a move, make a movement basically. Not because, because diversity inclusion equity is not a trend. This is has been long overdue and the lack has been way long. You know, um, it's just that I feel in the past year or two, especially right now that a lot of us are at home, we have this moment to really, you know, speak up and to to find ways to make um,
0: make progress. Absolutely. Thank you. And Judith, I see you off of mute, so I'd love to hand the mic over to you as well. Thank you. Um, it,
4: everything you said is so beautiful, Jeanette, and um, not sure to how many of uh, whoever's on this um, call this applies to. I was a child of refugees and immigrants in the early 80s in Germany. And uh, we, diversity, equity, and inclusion weren't terms during that time they were still trying to figure out why all these foreigners coming into our country and taking our homes and our food and our everything it was that that's that was our reality fast forward to now we have the phenomenal and rare opportunity to give back to current children of immigrants whose parents don't have the, the linguistic literacy to understand what resources are out there. These kids, these students are in schools, currently in high school l- need, in need of mentors, in need of direction and guidance um, outside of the homes they, they live in where their parents can't necessarily help them the way they need to be helped, right? They need equity. Um, and it takes maybe an hour of our time on a regular basis to collaborate with high schools. I, I had the, the phenomenal opportunity to be on a panel, on a career panel on, at my daughter's high school. It was done virtually. These kids had so many questions as to what careers can I pursue? What resources do I have? How can I find mentors? Does it cost money? Um, how, how else do I get involved? And we know firsthand our parents didn't have the money either. They didn't have the time to shuttle us from A to B to participate in sports events. So we had to be innovative. That is the one thing about immigrants or children of immigrants, they know how to be innovative. They know how to be resourceful and solution oriented. And we know it better than anybody else. Being a woman, being a woman who was a child of immigrants, being a woman who grew up in a trilingual, tricultural multicultural, multicultural um, environment, We know those things, those are our assets. They can't teach you that at a college. They can't teach you that at any organization, right? So we we leverage on those things and we give back. I wish we could just bottle it up and sell it and people would buy it too, right? Um, So with that said, I said, you know what, we ran out of time, but feel free to email me those questions, the person who was facilitating the conversation, and I said, I will put resources in there and I will add the links and I will send them to you. I put the diversity summit from last week, the, the power fly link. I put it on, on there and I said it's free because the one thing that's <laughs> that's consistently super desired is is it free? Can I participate? Yes, it costs you zero dollars. Just time and, and and willingness to learn and and you can benefit too. And out of that session, I have zillion requests from these young, curious minds wanting to be mentored, wanting help in terms of how can I get scholarships and what can I find templates or what I can apply to, and then go home and telling their parents, your child has a rare opportunity to be an asset with the knowledge from their home country or with the cultural knowledge that you can share with them. They can be in the travel industry. They can be in entertainment or event planning or catering, you name it. Everybody doesn't have to be a doctor or a lawyer because that's, that's the one go to um, career choice that our parents say, I want you to be a doctor because there's a stigma that doctors make a boatload of money um, and, and then all worries go away. That is not necessarily the case as we second, first generation, second generation immigrants have learned, right? So there's a great deal of knowledge and, and wisdom we can pass on to youngsters who are yet to take this journey that we have mastered.
1: Thank you. I love that, Judith. And and you are definitely like, you know, doing your part and giving back, which is so beautiful, especially to, you know, children of immigrants and immigrant families, which is so important. Um, Another thing I forgot to say is um, for, for me here is. Um I've been working with a nonprofit that works with dreamers and DACA recipients because um, you know, want to include them as well. So as as much as you can can speak, Judith, you're you're being a role model to them as well. and it's, that's beautiful. Thank you for doing that. It's beautiful.
0: And I want to say thank you to all of you for sharing because I, I love this is my favorite part of having these conversations is getting to listen to other people's stories where they share their own experiences because I think, that's what's so beautiful and also so needed right now um you know this virtual world has presented obviously a lot of facilities when it comes to maybe finding a a job that you couldn't before because now a lot of companies are moving or moving towards remote or being a lot more flexible with remote but it's also presented a lot of difficulties especially for somebody who loves to talk with people in person you can imagine how uh exciting it is to talk with people over the internet. Um, so these are the kind of conversations I really love to have, where people share their stories, because it feels so, uh, so much more engaging and uh, intimate. So thank you to all of you for sharing. And I, I want to go back to a point that you made, Jeanette, when you were talking before about not taking rejection personally, because you know through my time working at Power to Fly, for when I entered versus where I am now. I felt so intimidated by rejection and always felt like a no and so terrified of no's and always felt like a no was a reflection of me when that's just not the case. And it's been something that I've gone, grown to learn through this program and hearing so many different people speak about their own experiences with rejection. And I think it would be surprising to a lot of us to see people who we perceive to be successful, to see how many times they've been rejected, right? How many times they've put themselves on the line and been told no, right? And how obviously disheartening that feels. And I see a lot of you shaking your head. So I can, I see that, you know, it's all something we've experienced, but how liberating it is to not feel weighed down by a no, right. And to know that that is not reflective of you, your work. And sometimes even if you're the best fit for, you know, an opportunity, whether it's a job or whether it's, you know, connecting with somebody just because you didn't get it, doesn't mean it's a reflection of you. Sometimes even if you're the best fit, it doesn't always work out. Um, So I really wanted to drive that point home because I think it's so, so important, um, especially when we talk about getting into spaces where we feel uncomfortable. And so, oh, I'll stop.
1: Oh, no, just, I could write a whole book on, on all my failures and rejections, um, which I think is part of the journey, right? It's part of the growth. And I think that um, when people ask me about my journey, I'm very, you know, I like to be very transparent. I'm like, okay, how much time do you have? Uh, a lot of the opportunities that have happened, for example, a lot of people um, may have seen that I interviewed Bord- the late Bourdain, Anthony Bourdain in New York many years ago. Um, that opportunity I kind of created because nobody gave it to me. Um, long story short, I saw a press release with Anthony Bourdain um, for Tribeca Film Festival. I was covering entertainment more in LA at the time, and. I, Bourdain was a huge inspiration, I'm sure, like many people, um, into travel. How he showed how he showed us the world through his shows and cooking cuisine. Um, so I, you know, started to pitch to different publications. as said, you know, Bourdain is going to do red carpet. He, he doesn't really do red carpets. This is an amazing opportunity. I would, you know, love to, you know, do this for you. Cover it, whatever. And I got nine no's, nine rejections. And so if I didn't believe in my goal or the purpose or, you know, this opportunity, I would have given up and like, oh my gosh, you know, this and that I would have created stories in my head, maybe this, maybe that, but because you know, my why and my purpose, and I was like, I'm going to do this no matter what my determination, I kept going and so the 10th publication that I pitched it to um, they said yes. And so that's kind of how the opportunity happened. But like I never gave up after every no, I kept going and going and going. And I think with a lot of these inv- inventions that people have created, for example, they have failed many times. But if they had given up, we would never have the airplane. We would never have the computer, the iPhone, the chair, the table, literally. Everything that we have was first a thought, an idea, a vision, and, you know, people kept going. And so that is why we have the things we have. So same with a goal and a dream. If you keep going and your why is bigger than yourself and you're determined, I I feel like you will find a way, right? Um, So that's why kind of, I think failure can teach, can be a teacher, can teach you. But when you take yourself out of the equation and say, it's not personal, it's not about me as a person or my worthiness, you just see it from a different perspective and it's like, okay, maybe it's not the right time. It's not the right publication. It's not the right this, but I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep going. Right. And so a lot of the things that I have done both, professionally and personally was because I never gave up. And I think you'll see that common theme with a lot of successful people is they believed in themselves or they believed in their, you know, their dream, like Selena, like the late Selena, you know, she had been from her childhood up until her twenties, working hard, singing, touring, you know, a dream, uh, that, you know, did happen, you know, before, you know, her tragic passing. But that being said, it's like, sometimes the dreams happen you know, different than we we imagine. But um, I would just say, don't give up, no matter what fail- failures you have.
0: I love that. And Judith put a very interesting and important point into the chat as well. So looking back at some of the rejections, we're probably super grateful that they didn't come to fruition, which is so true. We would have never embarked on the paths that made us who we are today, had those opportunities came through. It's so important to write that out too, right? Because aside from it not being personal, like maybe it's part of your path, like you had to have that no, so that you would have said yes to the other thing that actually worked out being better, whether it's a better salary, whether it's you know making that better connection or whoever was behind, you know, Jeanette, in your case, that publication that connected you to other people. Um, So it's it's such an important point to make. So thank you, Judith, for sharing that. Um, I I, thank you so much. Um, And so we've got four minutes left. Um, So I want to put a pretty packed question to those last four minutes, but you know, where do you think the travel industry is going post COVID and what opportunities does this present for the DEIB world? diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging?
1: Such a great question. Well, I personally am starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I just, I mentioned before, I just got my first Moderna vaccine shot. So for me, I'm starting to see a lot more optimism in the travel and tourism industry, people that are looking for, uh, you know, to the future for future trips, Um, starting to get that excitement again and hope. Uh, Where I see more opportunities is, you know, what the pandemic has been able to show us is we, a lot of us can work remotely and do a lot of work uh, from home or you know, maybe on, you know, a beach or an island, You'd or you, you can live in a different country and do a lot of your work remotely. So I think, you know, there's opportunity there. Um, a lot more women have been breaking glass ceilings in different ways from inventing products, uh, businesses, CEOs, um, leadership positions, I feel like there's a lot more advocacy and attention for women um, in hiring and training and diversity. So I'm starting to see like a lot of progress. Like I'm very optimistic um, as a woman right now in 2021 um, because I do feel like, you know, eventually in the post COVID world, things will will get better. I mean, right now we're in an uncertain time, but I, I know there will be a post COVID time in the future. So I'm, I'm
0: optimistic. I know I can't wait for that post-COVID 10 myself. So yes, um very <laughs> yes, definitely. Um and I know we only have two minutes left here, but I would love for you to tell us where we can find you, where we can support you. And then I know me that you came off of mute, so I'd love to pass the mic over to you um, after Jeanette shares that information.
1: Absolutely. Well, you can find me um on social media at jetsetwithjanette.com uh, at jet set with Jeanette. And then my website is uh I'll write it here, jetsetwithjanette.com. Um I'm I, it's hundred percent me on social media, all me, I, I do respond and uh, I want to be a resource and support and how can I help you, your organization, your, you know, as an individual, like I'm always happy to be a resource and help. And um, yeah, so feel free to reach out anytime.
0: Perfect, thank you for that. And mean, I know that you came off of mute, so I wanted to give you the opportunity to share your voice um, or make a comment, of course. Yeah,
3: just real quick, um, just connecting to what Jeanette said about the future looking um, positive, I, I totally agree. I mean, I see it everywhere, um, not only with women in businesses, um, but also with travelers. Uh, and the fact that people were home for so long Uh, world travelers unable to go out there. Um, Unfortunately, and fortunately, we have a momentum right now when it comes to diversity and equity and inclusion. Uh, With everything that has been happening in the US and abroad, uh, people are more open to learning and listening. Um, And that is why I've decided it was kind of like my push because I've always wanted to do that. And I think we talked about it before everybody joined um, to create a company, to create domestic and international trips that are totally inclusive of everything um, that country has to offer culture wise. Uh, People want to touch and to taste and to smell and to feel. They don't want to spend six hours on the bus anymore. Um, And they're willing, and I I feel that people are willing to pay to get that domestically as well. You know, who would have thought if you come to Miami Beach um, that you have something else to do other than sit on the beach and drink a mojito? Do you know there is a uh, Black history, you know, in greater Miami area? Do you know that... Um, there's this Overtown and little Haiti neighborhoods that are just around the corner from Winwood Walls where a whole new world is gonna open up for you. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm kind of starting to create because I, if I know that I can help one person learn something new about a neighborhood, even if their own state, then that person's open mind might help others to open their hearts. And that's what I'm, you know, that's what I'm trying to achieve. Just, you know, try and educate. We have, as travel people, we have a responsibility, I feel, to educate those who come across us to help and educate them so they can do that with others.
0: Yes, that was so beautifully said, and I couldn't agree more, especially when I go back to my small town and uh, people don't even know where Argentina is on the map. So uh, I definitely agree with that and understand how important it is to talk about these things. And uh, uh, yes, Um, so I want to thank all of you today for being here. I want to thank you, especially Jeanette, for being here, sharing your thoughts, answering these questions, Um, and all of you who participated, whether just tuning in, of course, because you know being on camera these days, you know, it kind of feels like another chore added to the plate. But um, I wanna thank all of you who also shared your thoughts, your your expertise um, with us as well. So thank you to everyone.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Nicole, Power to Fly. And for, you know, this platform for us to have this Amazing, important conversation, and you know, sisterhood and uh, virtual, you know, connection. Again, thank you to everyone who attended today. I, appreci- I appreciate your time, and you know, everything that you're you're teaching me as well. I'm learning through you as well. So, uh, I just want to say again, I'm here. If I can ever be of support to anyone here or anyone that you know feel free to reach out to me. Um, I'm all about service and assistance and a bigger purpose. So for me, it's way bigger than myself. So I'm, I put myself out there and um, I'm available. So thank you.
0: Yeah. I love it. So that is a wonderful note to uh, end on. So thank you all. And I hope that you all have a very non-2020 day, you know, in good old travel fashion, right? So um, have an awesome day, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye.